G'day and welcome to the Pursuit of Freedom podcast. I'm your host, Rosie Burrows, and I'm on a journey to find my freedom so that I can help you do exactly the same. Join me each week as I share the stories of everyday people who have found their own path to freedom. I'm not going to focus on job titles and accolades because I don't care about that stuff and neither should you. I want to uncover what truly makes you tick. Who are you when you step away from society's expectations and follow your heart? I still haven't figured it out yet. Have you? Either way, buckle up because it's going to be one hell of a ride. Virginia, hi. I'm so excited to finally have you on my podcast. Welcome. Thank you. This is this is a blast. I've been looking forward to this all week. <laughs> Right. Thank you very much. <laughs> it's been a long time coming. Like I was on your show a few months ago um, mm-hmm. and, you know, we've known each other for a couple of years now. So mm-hmm. the day is here, you're on the show and I really can't wait to get into it. Totally agree. And I think like it's fun to continue our conversations, not only as friends, mm-hmm. but as podcast folks, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. doing this work. So, yeah. I want to start of all things with the title you give yourself on LinkedIn, you've got on there mm-hmm. that you're an anti-career guide and the status quo breaker in me just gets really excited reading that. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us more about what is an anti-career guide and how did you come up with that title? I've never come across it before. Yeah, you know, it's kind of funny because I'll be honest, it's actually one of my most favourite titles that I've ever had. And mm-hmm. um and actually, it's. I was talking with a, another business owner that you and I mutually know, and it was. They were like, "Well, what would you call yourself?" And I'm like, "I don't freaking know," you know, because I'm like, <laughs> the last few jobs I was always a coordinator of something, right. you know, or, or clinical social worker or something like that, right? And so you have to sit there and you're like, "Well, frick, I'm a business owner, but what else do I do?" So like, I was just trying to think of how I help women look beyond the job title, look beyond the org chart, right? And we'll get into that, I'm sure, at some point. Mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. you know, that is like, so if we talk career, and then how do I normally feel when somebody's like, will you help me get a job? You know, it's mm-hmm. like, ooh, that's not really my scene. Yeah. So the anti, quote, anti aspect of this is just to remind women we're so much more. And so I think like that's how it kind of came about. And it just, it settled. And then there's been other women who was like, damn, I like that. Oh, wow, that really resonates. So I feel very blessed to have a few words put together that resonates with their heart. I love it so much. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) I still haven't landed on a title for myself. People go to me, oh, so you a life coach. And I kind of squirm a bit at that title. Mm -hmm. I don't think I am a life coach, but, you know, when I get a cool title like you, I'll let you know. Please, I know, I'll see it on LinkedIn. I'll be like, damn, that's awesome. <laughs> Absolutely. Nice. Yeah. And you know what? It'll fit for you, right? Mm. It'll just, it's going to resonate. And you're going to say, that's it. That's right. the thing. Right. Mm-hmm. You know it when you land on it. Tell us more about the work that you do. Because you touched on, you know, you're helping women come to terms with them more than their job title and the org chart. But let's mm-hmm. dive into the work that you do. Tell us more. Yeah, yeah. So my company uh, or organization, entity, whatever the hell you want to call it, is called Feminine Sage Wisdom. And it started on paper in 2019 and it launched online February 2020, right at the best time 
ever. <laughs> <laughs> Loved it. It was great. And as we all know, the pandemic happened for a few years after mm -hmm. that. And, um, but, you know, I actually didn't really, I, I did a lot of blog writing. And for me, business has been a very organic process. Mm -hmm. You know, some folk, um, they know they want to be an entrepreneur at 12 years old, right, with yeah. their lemon sta lemonade stand or something. Um, and that was never me. That was never me. It was very organic because of my job experiences. But FSW at this point, you know, through some product creation and services has, you know, come together to help millennial women like us kind of dare I say, fast track through the what the fucks, whether it's like primarily a career transition, right? And mm -hmm. it's, again, not just getting a job, but it's like you're maybe in soul-sucking work that doesn't align with you anymore. Or shit, you're just, your life right now doesn't align with who you want to be. So it, we fast track through the what the fucks and we bring it back down to earth and say, we, what you are so capable. Let's figure this out. And um, basically, it's like the tagline is go from like so sucking work to soulful living. And so or what doesn't align with you to soulful living. So it kind of unpacks a few things. And but my signature program is the Zone of Purpose Blueprint. It's my baby. It's my favorite. Mm -hmm. uh, I also have a perfectionism course and a soulful living journal. And then finally, I'm working on a membership community right now. And I'm really excited to get that launched. So that's the yeah. big, in a nutshell, what I do. Mm -hmm. There's a lot that you do there. Um, yeah. <laughs> I want to unpack that a little bit more mm -hmm. because you've said, you know, you're this anti-career guide, but you've said it's more than just finding a job. Like you're not here to help people like, okay, here's a resume, here's your job. You know, like it's, okay. it's a lot more than that. That might be part of the process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, so kind of the way I see it is job, and it's just Virginia talking, but job is like your singular role. Right. Career is like your professional, quote, quote, professional journey mm. and how that unfolds. And so I, reb, you know, I'm a, I'm a rebel and I rebelliously take it a step further by saying, okay, here's your career journey, but there's so much more to it. You know, we, we can all talk about, say, the wellness wheel, right, or the dimensions of humanity or the things that we have faith in um, outside ourselves, inside ourselves. Mm -hmm. But when I think of alignment and purpose and fulfillment and really this what the hell am I here for on this planet mm -hmm. in this lifetime mm -hmm. kind of work, that to me is alignment. That's when things fall into place, whether we do it ourselves or life happens and you're like, damn, that's a great pivot or that's a cool transition or that was scary as fuck and now I don't know what to do, but I'm going to figure it out, yeah. right? So like I see alignment as like this, this periphery or this existence that we're always craving and looking for. Yeah, we might find it in our current job. Yeah, we might have found it on our career path, but it's so... It's so much more than that. It's bigger than that. Because I know some people, they're not totally into their careers. They're cool for the nine to five. They get the paycheck. They go home and they want to build a damn van, right? <laughs> or they want to go on a trip to, I don't know, Paris or something. Yeah, yeah. And that's their alignment. That's their values, mm -hmm. like you and I talk about. That's the thing that makes them tick. Mm -hmm. So I think it can, it's like kind of woven together, but also interchangeable, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So I think they can be different. And I think it's incredibly important when there's 8 billion people on this planet 
for us individually to say, well, what works for me? What's an alignment for me? And that's a bit, that's a big question. You know, it's a lot yeah. of unpacking. But, yeah. Mm -hmm. Huge question yeah. and something I've grappled with, you know, for years, <laughs> still figuring mm -hmm. it out, to be honest. But yeah. I would say where I'm at now is feeling the most aligned I ever have. And on that note, can you talk us through your journey to finding alignment? Because I know, like many others, it hasn't been a linear path. Mm -mm. Yep. Nope. Um, that's what, shit, I just put that on LinkedIn this morning. Like life is a trail system, mm -hmm. right? Not a linear path. Now, to be fair, we're all kind of conditioned to think of it like birth, yada, 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 death, you know, and, and everything in between. But um when I have felt most aligned in my life is, you know, I would feel a deep peace, a deep contentment. And yeah, a lot of it circles around the work that I do because mm -hmm. that's how I show up in this lifetime. I love working mm -hmm. actually almost too much. And I love being uh, not busy, but like learning things, yes. growing and expanding. And that's m what my alignment is. Usually it is through FSW, but sometimes it's through gardening, mm -hmm. you know, or on a hike or, or something. And so, but my alignment, I've only known because I've been misaligned, right? right? Yeah. In certain jobs, in certain, well, mostly certain jobs. Let's just call it that way. Because relationships, meh, I've been probably single more in my life than I have been in committed relationships, mm -hmm. right? Like mm -hmm. that was never really my path. Like career was my love um, until, you know, the last 10 years or so. But I feel that my, I kept feeling misaligned in the jobs that I was doing. Mm. So then I would jump to the next job after a couple years. Eh, that's not aligned. I'd jump to the next job. And then eventually that unfolded, and I had a really toxic work situation, my last job job, and um, for varying reasons. And then I was like, fine, I'm just going to try doing my own thing. I thought it'd be a side hustle. <laughs> like, mm -hmm, you know, like, mm -hmm. oh, I can always go back to the nine to five. Mm -hmm. But as FSW has unfolded, I've noticed, like maybe you are too, is like this is the most aligned I've ever felt in body, mind, and spirit, you know? And that is, that's fucking amazing. Sorry, I'm totally swearing. Is that okay, Rosie? Swearing's totally cool. I love it. Oh, great. Great. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Everyone put your earbuds in. Mm -hmm. But um, but yeah, I mean, that's how I would see alignment now, but it's taken a lot of tweaking mm -hmm. <laughs> and self-forgiveness and grace and compassion. Yeah. Lots of compassion, right? Mm. I get so absorbed in, in what you say because I resonate so strongly with it. And when you said mm -hmm. core to you finding alignment is because you went through that misalignment. Mm -hmm. And I want to talk a bit more about that because I think a lot of people are feeling out of alignment right now and it's mm -hmm. unsettling it's scary. It's overwhelming. So how about we try a reframe? Feeling mm -hmm. out of alignment seems like a pretty negative thing. Yep. But how would you frame that to somebody who's in the thick of it right now? How, mm -hmm. how can we frame it to make it seem like, can we frame it in a way that it's, it's more positive and that it brings something good about? I don't know. What do you think? You know, I think so. And it, I mean, I, I believe in the power of the reframe. Mm-hmm. Might not always happen beautifully, but like sometimes we can. Not toxic positivity, mm, right? We can't ignore mm. the feelings of, holy fuck, what is happening right, here? Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. especially when life things happen that are so out of our control, mm -hmm. tragic, mm -hmm. et cetera, right? 
But the, you know, as you were explaining it that way, Rosie, you're asking that question. I had this visual come to mind. And for those of us who are outdoorsy or go hiking or maybe even on a road trip, okay? So most of us have probably seen you've got this rock crevice, right? And or this cliffside. And yet there's this one lone tree that somehow took root and it thrived, whether it's tiny or huge, you know, or whatever, along a shoreline, we'll say, or, or something like we, I'm in Washington state, right? So you can see that. Or like the bird's nest that's in a rocky crevice where you're like, how the hell did that happen? So I feel that that's the reframe. That's the, sometimes we feel like this itty bitty little bird's nest on a cliff's edge, or we feel like a tree or, you know, a seed that got blown sideways. And you're like, how is that ever going to thrive? Or even when you look at lilies in a muddy pond, right? All this essence and this, yes, maybe misalignment. It's the mud. It's the thick of things. It's things happening, elements changing. And yeah, I can kind of reframe it as natural elements in these examples. But it's like the, the being let go in a job. I've been let go. And it was awful. It was incredibly vulnerable situation. But that pivot led to another pivot, which led to another pivot. And so again, not toxic positivity, but like if you're this, if you're the seedling hanging on, there's something there. Mm -hmm. There's something that's going to come from it. Mm -hmm. So that does that reframe make sense? It you does, know, and or it's, offer? it's beautiful. It's such a powerful visual, and I, I yeah. love that so much. And core, I think, to navigating change or pivoting, as you put it, I think, is learning to put yourself first. So let's mm. talk about that a little bit. How has that shown up in your life? What do you feel about putting yourself first? Well, I'll reverse your questions. I'm terrible at putting myself first. I hate <laughs> I'm you. Terrible yeah. at it. It's I am not good at self-prioritizing. Mm -hmm. I prioritize everyone else mm -hmm. before me. And it's been a lifetime pattern. It's just something I've been having to work on for a very long time now. Um but how I feel about putting ourselves first is like, uh, there, it's so simplistic, but it's very true is we, we have to take care of ourselves. Otherwise, we cannot do the work we're here to do. And it doesn't matter what that looks like. Again, 8 billion people, 8 billion different purposes. But like, if I don't do, if I don't take care of my body friend, or you don't take care of your body friend, we, we're not going on all cylinders, right? Mm -hmm. Where our fuel tank is low. And eventually that will catch up with us. And so I think like putting myself first has been one of the hardest freaking lessons of this, this lifetime. And because I'm always a mother hen, I'm always making sure everyone else is fine. And then, oh, or like my body friend, I've pushed it to the brink where I'm like, okay, I'll take care of you next week right. when things are more settled. That doesn't always pan out, mm -hmm. you know? And so I think like... If we can take care of ourselves, then our work is even more powerful. Our alignment is more aligned, right. you know, yep. or we're glued back together better because we are caring for our body friend, our mental health space, our spiritual space, and all the other dimensions of who we are. Mm. It's something I really struggle with too. And I think mm -hmm. a lot of women in particular can relate to this. Naturally, mm -hmm. we're givers. Um you know, and I think a lot of us fall into this people-pleasing category. 
you know, we put yeah. others' needs above our own and are so concerned with how other people feel and how they'll interpret our actions mm-hmm. that we don't take stock and think about how it's affecting us and if we even have capacity to be doing the things we're committing to. Like I know for me, yeah. I've ended up in all sorts of situations where I look back and go, oh, my fucking God. Like, <laughs> I wasn't helping myself there, but in the moment it's just like this natural instinct to go in there and help others, you know. Yep. So what advice can you give for learning to put yourself first? Is there a magic mm-hmm. pill? Tell me. You know what? There's never a magic pill, Damn it. even though we all want a magic pill. I know. <laughs> I wish. That'd be cool. If we ever find it out, Rosie, we're going to patent that shit. Uh-huh. You know what I've had to do and literally had I've had a couple lessons in this in the last two weeks, as you already know, um, but just for those listening. So like I was at a friend's house. It was a social gathering and I ended up passing out wow. <laughs> that evening and um, because I didn't eat enough. I didn't drink enough water. I mean, yeah, I had a little bit of white wine, but not a, not a, not a lot. I'm a lightweight. Yes. But like I didn't drink a lot because I knew I'd be driving home and I actually don't drink that much normally anyway. But the point is, I literally, luckily it was just a few of them, not the entire party. Um, And I should have gone to bed a few hours earlier. It was just great conversation, wanted to hold space for everybody. And then eventually I found my ass on the floor and I I was like looking up at their faces and I was like, oh my goddess, did that just happen? I think it just happened. So... One thing that I've had to learn even since that um, situation like a week and a half ago is am I eating, not even joking, and like I have to write this shit down right now. Mm. Am I drinking enough water? Um, and when I get stressed out, for example, I don't like eating. It doesn't. It's not the first thing that comes to mm-hmm. my, my brain. Mm-hmm. Like honestly, I run off tea. Um, but I've recognized that my fuel system has been running low or like we just had a recent trip that had a lot going on and I didn't give myself time to recover. I just went right back into work. Mm -hmm. So I guess the magic pill, if I could recommend that, would be like when you're really freaking stressed out, tapped out or incredibly busy because a lot of us are, go back to basics. Right. Like no shit, food, water, sleep rest working out if you can depending upon how your body friend works Mm -hmm. or or at least moving just moving a little bit okay deep breathing that also helps and so like it's easy for us to say oh body friend i'll take care of you later but then later becomes later becomes later and we're not we are super women but we are not super women right (laughs) Right? we're in human bodies that need fucking calories okay (laughs) that's how it goes yeah (laughs) that is how this planet operates (laughs) so you know i think like it it does help to go back to basics and because when when we get to that burnout place friend we we have to dial it back that much harder. Mm. You know what I mean? We have to regain more sleep. We have to regain, say we didn't work out for a few weeks because of whatever. Now we have to regain that muscular structure back or, or whatever. Okay. So like if we can be preventative, I guess that's the other tip. Be preventative, mm. be proactive as much as we can be. So it doesn't kick our ass like a month from now. Right. <laughs> and then we have to get mad at ourselves yeah. <laughs> for being stubborn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That rings so true for me. And I think something on my journey that has really helped is learning to recognize those red flags. You know, Mm -hmm. for you, it got really far and you ended up passing out, you know, and I think Mm -hmm. 
whilst I haven't passed out before, it does show up in physical ways, right? And it, mm-hmm. it really impacts our day-to-day functioning. So if I can recognize the early warning signs, it helps me be proactive and go, oh, crap, things are getting a bit out mm-hmm. of control. Let's rein it in. Let's get the foundational yeah. stuff right. You know, like you're saying, food, sleep, whatever. Those yeah. basic, basic needs we need mm-hmm. to, you know, like you said, we're we're super women, but we're kind of not. Just like every other human being, we need sustenance. Like, yeah, we can't avoid that. Totally. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think it's it's so important. And I I'd love to hear your thoughts on this because I've found at times in my life where I am truly putting myself first, wonderful mm. things seem to happen. It's like opportunities are just falling in my lap, oh. and life feels amazing. <laughs> Have you ever been through that? Yeah, I have. I have. And, you know, I think it teaches you the power of trying to not control everything, right? <laughs> yeah. Like talk about humility. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because even, you know, whether it's us as business owners or, you know, um, you know, I'm a dog mama, but like, you know, just like trying to take care of everything or everybody else's needs. But like sometimes when we put ourselves first and we know rest, like we actually know what rest really is. Mm-hmm. We get out of our own way for some of these really beautiful, unexpected things to to happen and to come our way without getting like the two by four in our face, like <laughs> fainting or getting mm-hmm. sick or, you know, whatever, whatever happens um, or getting just really run down mm-hmm. and just not feeling well. Um, but yeah, that has happened. And man, is that freaking humbling. It is. <laughs> You're like, okay, universe, got it. <laughs> yeah. Big time. Mm-hmm. Big, mm-hmm. big time. What about, you know, I think society has this thing of just push through, just push through. You'll be right. In Australia, we say, ah, oh, she'll be right, mate. That's that's a thing here. Mm, that's the thing. Okay. But I, I don't know if I agree with that. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? Yeah. I, I don't agree with it anymore. Mm. I used to agree with it. I'll say that. Of course, my my Freya is whining in the background. Hopefully, you, you can't hear that too high. <laughs> but she agrees with us. Thank you, Freya. Thank you. Us. Yeah, Freya's putting her two cents in. Uh, we got to do that. Um, great. Now she's barking. Hopefully, sorry, everybody. She's our biggest but, supporter. Um, you can, I know you can edit it out if you want. No, we're keeping life, it there. You know? yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, so I feel like. I used to be, and you know what? That's still the times where I'm like, just push through. Mm-hmm. It's going to it's gonna work itself out. It'll be fine. And um, I grew up in a household that, you know, what's that phrase? I'll sleep when I'm dead. Mm. Well, you know, th- that can happen, <laughs> um, you know, and, and it, it just, it doesn't feel right. But it's wiring conditioning that we have to schlep off. We have to learn that lesson. Um, whether it's easily or or not as easy. And so like that hustle culture, that's what I call it Mm. um, for my upcoming membership community. But like this hustle culture of go, go, go. When that culture was created, it was created for a different time, Mm. a different era. Dare I say patriarchy? and sexism and all these other things um for those listening sorry i'm being honest um don't be sorry it was created for yeah i mean it was it's been it's like this quote american dream or capitalist dream of like well you just like go do your nine to five for 40 years and if any of you like that that's great you do you that's fine but like 
go do this. And then there was also a stay-at-home parent, potentially, or other caretakers, Mm -hmm. or things involved, things weren't as expensive, right? So like this whole hustle culture and go, go, go kind of mentality in society, it is not sustainable. Right. It really is not. Or everyone thinks we can all sustain it. And then we have those headspace mental health things. We have physical things Mm -hmm. because we're so burnt out. And then even then, sadly, we have systems in place that say, oh, you're burnt out. Let me try to fix it now instead of trying to fix it on the front end or keep it from happening. Right, right. Right? And I don't want to take our our vibrational energy down by getting too deep, but it's like it's really important to recognize that. And secondly, give ourselves love and grace if we're going to say, fuck the status quo, right, my beloved Rosie, or, (laughs) or forget the hustle, you know? I mean... Because when we, like we just said, when we let that go, even if we're still practicing, some really cool stuff can come our way because we let, we, we created space for it. Mm. Yeah. I have such strong opinions about this. You know, I think Mm -hmm. of Gary Vaynerchuk, who's, you know, a big name in this space. And he's like, you know, Mm. you've got plenty of time in life and just grind, grind, grind. You know, you got to put in the work to get the results. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, something I really push back on is, well, actually, we don't know how much time we have. You know, I lost both my parents really young and the fragility of life is at the forefront of my mind. I don't want to waste 10, 20, 30 years just doing the hustle, never having Mm -hmm. time to do the things that bring me joy. Stuff that. I I don't like that. But something Mm -hmm. I do want to talk about with you Because these things aren't black and white. Both you and I push against this hustle culture. But does that mean Mm -hmm. we shouldn't work hard? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm really glad you asked that because I think there are, hmm, let me back this up a little bit. So I think the greater, larger hustle culture, I'm going to be very simplistic on this, but like it can be problematic. Mm. Right. Because we have the comparison game. Women are supposed to be 20 feet tall and five pounds. We have to be prettier, more successful, you know, get the job, get the car, get the house, all of that. Right. Not just women, but people. Okay, Right. We have all this, you know, these expectations of what status and power and stuff means. Right. So I would say watch that. Check yourself. If you're not happy with that kind of culture, then I'd recommend you don't. You don't fall into its trap if possible. Mm -hmm. Or if you have over the years, because that's what we were all taught, then let's try to dial it back and figure out how to not be consumed by it. On the flip side, though, there are some times when we, not just women, but we can get in our own way because we're freaked out (laughs) or like we're starting something new and we might, quote, fail or we might not do it right. So then we don't get started. So I think sometimes, like, I won't call it hustling, but it is sometimes in our best interest to say, I'm my intention, I'm freaking creating this goal. Mm-hmm. This is how I'm going to do it. Here are the steps I'm going to try to do it in. But one thing I like to throw on there is how am I going to celebrate as I do this, right? And in hustle and go, 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 the celebration is that promotion, that raise, the whatevers, right? You know, these status things, generally speaking again. But like when we do it with action and rest, action and rest, 
you have more of a balance. The scales aren't tipped one way or another. You know what I mean? So does that answer your question? Like, yeah, I think this whole yeah. sustainability piece is so important. Mm-hmm. It's it's not about not putting in the work and not chasing your dreams. It's mm-hmm. about doing it in a sustainable way and really questioning why you're doing it. Like, are you just chasing that status symbol because that's what you've been conditioned to view mm-hmm. as success? There's a lot of unlearning that we need to do, like, and go, actually, is that my belief? And is that what's actually important to me? Or is that just what's been mm-hmm. preached to me for the last 30 years? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and we're in our 30s, right? Mm. So, like, the, there, there's a, there's a, oh, my God, Freya's barking again. She must be upset about her dog bed. Aww. Sorry. Um, so, ultimately, though, like, we, you and I grew up in spaces, you know, where this conditioning is still kind of latched on, right? I'm intrigued to see the generations behind us, though. How are they going to deal with it? But I will say is like, and I don't mind sharing this, it, it's vulnerable, but it's it's real. So let's talk about it is I had a void within myself that wasn't repaired right, wasn't healed right. So my status, I'll say it's like I was filling my the hole with status, right? right? I'm going to have the job title. I'm going to climb that ladder. No, it wasn't in corporate, but it was like nonprofit academia and social work. Like, oh, I'm going to do these mm-hmm. things. But after time and job and job and job, I was like, but oh my God, that's not going to heal what's happened in this lifetime, right? That's not going to take care of this void. Mm-hmm. I have to take care of it. So how am I going to do that? I don't know yet. Let's figure it out, right? And then it came, it unfolded from there. But it took a lot of deep work and reflection to go, hmm, why am I trying to chase this? As you said, chasing is a great word, Rosie. The beautiful word. It's great. I mean, it, it's it's tough, but you know, it it encompasses it well. Mm. And it's not an easy path, is it? To to choose <laughs> a different path. You know, you and I know this so well. We're on this journey constantly, mm-hmm. and I think we fiercely chase a meaningful life. Like we we are fierce yep. about it, and mm-hmm. there are so many curveballs that come our way, and it's scary. Sometimes I do just want to revert to the normal every day, whatever. So how how do you overcome that fear or how do you acknowledge it and do it anyway? Mm-hmm. You know, I feel that um, when it comes to that fear, one, I pay attention to my body friend, like wiring-wise, like do I feel in my stomach, my chest, my head, you know, and and is this something – where I need to just pay attention to what my body needs. Like, do I just need to meditate for a bit? Like, actually, before our chat, I went outside and got some vitamin D for a little bit just to like, because there's been, it's been a full day. So I was like, and it's a beautiful day, but a full one. And so I just needed that, that break for a second. But when you look at a project or in our case, like doing our own business, yeah, that I'll tell you what, that, that quote, steady salary feels <laughs> tasty sometimes, not going to yeah. lie. Yeah. However, however, you also see, I'm not trying to freak anyone out who's listening, but like you also see the layoffs out of nowhere, mm. right? Or you see government freezes or or things, you know, like, or hiring freezes, right? So then all of a sudden this quote stability, putting our, our faith in others or other things, I'm not saying don't do it, but like, why not show ourselves similar faith? You know what I mean? Instead of just putting it out there, for others to have, 
we need to put it at our source, which is ourselves. Mm. And so that's what I try to remember. It is not always easy, though. And so I would say, like, if anyone's trying to pivot or transition and it doesn't pan out in this moment, that's okay. That's mm. not a fail. Mm. It's just a let's learn and about it and know what to do. And or, you know, and, and the other things like when I've like absolutely lost faith, maybe in my business or myself, like, oh, my God, why is this happening this way? I, I, I don't avoid that feeling. I sit with it mm. and know what am I really uncomfortable about? What does that look like? And it, but it does take a little bit of courage to sit with that. <laughs> you Big know, it time. is vulnerable. It mm-hmm. is. Yeah. And I think when you come from a place of this is not a failure, I am not a failure. I am a success regardless of what I do, whether I'm a janitor, a business owner, the freaking president, you know, like I am doing the very best I can with what I know. So that's, that's how I keep going, you know, because yeah. And like for you and I and our histories with, you know, situations and you and I were dear friends and have talked about it, but like for those of us who've been through some tough shit, I also go, well, made it through all of that. So I think I can make it through this. <laughs> and it's not to minimize it, but it's just to say, geez, I just survived 30 some odd years of that. So, hey, there's yeah. something I have resources within. Exactly. And I, I truly mm-hmm. believe that we're so much more capable than we give ourselves credit for. Mm-hmm. You know, when I think about my internal dialogue, I'm so negative and mean and nasty and degrading to myself. And not all the time, but it happens Mm -hmm. frequently enough to be a thing. And I would never talk to a friend or or even just an acquaintance like that. No Mm -hmm. way. So why on earth do we do it to ourselves, right? It's Mm. just, it confounds me. Why do you think we are so tough on ourselves? Mm Mm-hmm. I think for those of us in particular who are high achievers Mm. or however you want to label that, you know, those of us who are kind of type A or we go, 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 not just hustle culture, but we like, like I said earlier, I like being busy or I like working or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, so no, it doesn't have to be perfect, but man, I really like that top level delivery, whether it's in business or life or cooking dinner or, you know, whatever. Um, and, and so I think we can be really hard on ourselves and we've grown up in a system of comparison mm. of status and power and control. And so we feel like failures, um, I don't want to say out of the womb, that's not great, but like as we age, right. Or even young people these days on social media, I didn't have the internet when I was five. No. I cannot even imagine what, Wow, I sounded really old just then, but you know what I mean. Like, you know, I can't even imagine what it's like for an eight-year-old now to look at Instagram or like a eight little girl, just you know, start comparing her body, friend, to others because that's part of what's been happening, right? And there's science and stats on that, and so like, it it's really hard to know and love yourself outside a comparison game. And when our internal dialogue is just like just as mean as some of the meanest, you know, can be. One thing that I've done is like, okay, is this my inner child who's really tired, really, or, you know, like upset about something, scared about something? Do I just need a freaking sandwich? Like, or do I need just to take a break? Um, And it's really 
having the reflection aspect and say, wait, that's not my voice. That's such and such's voice. Oh, wait, that's, you know, society's voice. Or that this is that bully from fifth grade. Or, you know, whatever, right? And so if you can kind of piece and compartmentalize, that does help. But it, it's one of the, I'd say it's one of the hardest things as a human being to to discern and say, I'm not going to listen to you right now. Thanks so much for your opinion. You know, it's <laughs> thanks, not always no, easy. Thanks. Yeah. yeah, thanks for nothing. Or, or like fears or anger or disappointment. Okay, you get five minutes. Go. Yeah. Five minutes over. Great. Now you and I had that conversation. Thanks so much. I will talk to you tomorrow <laughs> or something, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and or, or like one other, sorry, lastly, lastly, I'll say this and then, you know, we can move forward. But that internal dialogue gets really freaking loud right when you're about to do something awesome Ooh, or big yeah. or beautiful or new, like a job application. You, I mean, I did this on LinkedIn. I'm like, you just got to hit submit. You don't mm -hmm. want to hit submit because what if you get rejected or, or what if it never works out? Well, okay, but just hit submit because you have no idea, right? Or um, even, I don't know, having conversations like these, vulnerable conversations, mm. just hit attend or, you know, join the Zoom call or Riverside call. Like that. that's it. You just get on and you breathe through it and figure it out. And so I think like that's part of it too is honoring what we're capable of mm. when it gets sticky and we want to back out last minute. Yeah. And this is, I love when you said, you know, that, that internal dialogue, the negative dialogue mm -hmm. often is loudest before something awesome is about to happen. And you, oh, yeah. you mentioned the what ifs. And mm -hmm. I was listening to a Mel Robbins podcast episode yesterday. I'll link mm -hmm. it in the description talking about fear. Mm -hmm. And we often ask ourselves or we're told, we'll just frame it as, oh, what's the worst that could happen? Mm -hmm. Which, yeah, that can be useful. But a reframe is, well, what's the best thing that could happen? Totally. Just had this conversation with a couple gals today. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just listening to that, I went, oh, yeah. Why don't we ever entertain that idea? We just sort of shut mm -hmm. the door like, oh, no, I'm, I'm being unrealistic. But why not right. dream? What is the best thing that could happen? Let's not mm -hmm. close that door before we've even started on the path. Right. Fact. Uh -huh. Literally what I was talking about. Yeah. And, and that's the thing too, Rosie, is – we shut our okay so like if we're in our house or residence or whatever and the whole world is out there yes it feels overwhelming and scary because we don't know what's going to happen but if we never open the front door if we never even walk towards the front door then we're just stuck stagnant you know what i mean and that's that's our life and and that that's it you can't say oh my god i want this this and this but never walk out that front door it, it that's not how life goes Right. Or get out that front door, you know, or have buddy systems who help you out that front door if you're freaked out. That's OK. That's OK, because we've all been there, you know, and I think like. But to never try. Whoa, you know, I, I, I it, it for me personally, as Virginia James, that doesn't compute. Mm -hmm. But I know that there's a lot of people like that. And that's OK. That's their reality and their journey. Um, but I think that. When we can give ourselves a chance, even a little chance, then that practice gets easier and easier and easier the more times we do it. Mm. 
And it might even be little things like making a new dinner recipe. Like that's, I'm game for little chances and little things. Yeah. You don't have to do a fucking big pivot or move across the country. How about just cook dinner, right. you know, or do something right. you never do before. And you're like, wow, that was cool. That worked out. Or that was terrible. But now I know better. So, you know, I mean, we have to give it a chance. Yeah. Give it a chance. I think that's such a powerful message. And it ties into the whole concept of comfort zones. I think to give yourself mm -hmm. a chance, it, for a lot of us, it is outside our comfort zones. It's not mm -hmm. something we're particularly comfortable doing. You can start with something small. Try that new recipe. Mm -hmm. Go mm -hmm. to the networking event. Um, wh whatever it is, mm -hmm. like you said, give yourself a chance. You mm -hmm. never know what's going to happen. Yeah. And I think like the strongest bet we can make is on ourselves. Mm. We might not always know the resources. We might really never know how it's going to end up or what's going to happen. But like if we continue to bet on others, why can't we bet on ourselves? Mm. Just be equitable, <laughs> you know, get, you know, 50, 50, there you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or, or, and then bump it up a little bit, you know, and have faith. Like you starting this business, huge, yeah. absolutely huge. That's... You bet on yourself. Yeah doesn't mean it's easy or I'm not terrified, but I'm betting on myself <laughs> right. and doing it anyway. And, mm -hmm. you know, most of the time it does feel great. And I just keep thinking, well, this, this is something I want to try. And mm -hmm. I think it's such a high price to pay to not give it a try. Yep. The, the upside, the potential upside is huge. So I want to give it a go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Know. Yeah. Now let's talk about boundaries. Oh, <laughs> and cold. I'm hanging up now. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> all right, let's get the. All right, let me shake it out. Yeah, shake it out. Let's go. Yeah. Um, setting boundaries is something I have always struggled with. The people mm -hmm. pleaser in me thinks that it's unkind to set boundaries with people. Yep. But what I'm beginning to learn and this is something Brene Brown says all the time, is clear is kind. You set clear boundaries with people. That's actually a really kind thing to do. Mm -hmm. How will they know how to behave and interact with you if you don't tell them? Mm -hmm. Setting them up for failure and then you get angry and then yep. relationships break apart. You they know. get angry. Ugh. <laughs> right. That was an angry puppy pile. Yeah. <laughs> so what are your thoughts on boundaries? Oh, Rosie, Rosie. Um, you know, I think that they are incredibly important, although I recognize as a people pleaser or take care of everyone first kind of person, it's been incredibly hard to establish them. Mm -hmm. It's even hard to establish them with myself. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like what we were talking about earlier, self-care and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, I think that one avenue that's helped me a lot with boundary building and creation and maintenance is having people in my life like you who can say, wait, here's a really good boundary in that scenario, Virginia. And I'm like, what? <laughs> or whether I know about it or not, or I haven't thought about it, or you're just like, no, really, you really should. And I'm like, okay, you're right. You're right. You know, like, you know, a recent endeavor, which I won't go into too much detail, but like trying to describe what I do. And there was backlash, right? 
And the the over wait the apologizer and over explainer in me and the people pleaser in me wanted to continue to try to explain the situation mm-hmm. to to frankly somebody who wouldn't listen anyway. Mm. So here's a boundary with myself and with them. I just stopped talking after like two sentences, not to shut down, not to stonewall, but to say, well, that's it. There's the the whole situation in like two sentences. And you don't need to explain and, yourself to anybody. You don't owe right. that to anybody. Right. Yeah. And more questions came. Yep. <laughs> nope. Yep. Like that short explanation. Boy, was there some awkward silence. <laughs> that did happen. But at the end of the day, you know, especially for boundary setting, like our business is our, well, I guess yours and my, our literal business, um, <laughs> but like our business or what's happening in our world is ours to know. If others need to tell, you know, or you have to tell somebody else about it. Okay, great. How are you going to do it? Mm. You know? And so like, even I have, um, another way of boundary setting, which of course I thought of 38 years too late, but that's besides the point. (laughs) A couple months ago, I decided everyone who meets me from today onward, I'm going to be my real self. Not that I'm going to be a jackass, but I'm just going to be me. I'm not hiding anything. I'm going to be real and I'm going to be true. Now, I acknowledge that that is a very privileged thing for me to do as a white woman. But um, I do want to say that as well. But I think like I'm going to be me and they can take it or leave it Mm -hmm. because I've had relationships shift and change lately because I'm changing Mm -hmm. and I don't think they like it as much or they don't know what to do. So I am now moving forward going to be me and whoever meets me can take it or leave it. Mm-hmm. And that's the newest boundary that I'm so freaking proud about because then it's not a doormat situation, people pleasing, losing part of yourself to make other people happy in a conversation. That it, you know, it, that's it. And it does help when you're your own business owner. I will say that too, versus having to have a line there because of your work culture mm. or who you work with, who you work for. So I acknowledge that's also a privilege that I have. And I just wanted to say that too. But boundaries, they keep getting made. I'll be 95 and finally <laughs> fucking figure it out. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> yeah. It's it's so powerful. And I'm, I, I've just finished reading a book. It's it's called, isn't this great, Putting Yourself First um, mm-hmm. um, by Holly Azapati. And I'll, I'll link that again in the description. Yeah. But something she talks about, which I'd never – explicit explicitly thought about before is that we Mm. need different boundaries with different people yes we well read and said Mm -hmm. right and i just went oh fuck yeah Mm -hmm. because you're not letting everybody the metaphor she uses is into your house some people might you might stop them at the front door or maybe you don't they don't even come to your house you know Mm -hmm. and i just went wow yeah that's so true you don't need to be a bestie yep. with everybody and share your, mm-hmm. your, you know, <laughs> you, the skeletons in the closet. Yeah. So keep that in mind. And also boundaries change mm-hmm. and relationships change. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we fall out of alignment with people in our lives who we care about. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's actually okay. Mm-hmm. I think something or a trap I've fallen into in the past is sort of hanging on to these relationships longer than I should have mm-hmm. because you just you don't want to lose it. You know, there's, there's huge loss there. But mm-hmm. 
it's out of alignment. It doesn't feel right. Things are, are just not gelling. Mm-hmm. So that is, yeah, that was a huge kind of light bulb moment mm-hmm. for me. I just went, yeah. And and boundaries are so important. And something I'm trying to get better at is just explicitly saying the boundary. Mm-hmm. On the front end. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm going to share a story actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I was on Facebook and, and I won't give too many specifics. I don't want to identify this person, but they were, there's someone who I knew from, from school in the past and hadn't really spoken to in a long time. And they reached out and sort of started a conversation. They kept making comments that were kind of sexual, but not explicitly. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, did they mean it in that way? Like I was getting in my head just and I just happened? sort of brushed it aside. Mm-hmm. And then I went, you know, this went on for a few weeks and then I went, fuck this actually. Mm-hmm. Why am I trying yeah. to keep the peace? And I just went, look, yeah. you have crossed the boundary many mm-hmm. times. I've given you the benefit of the doubt, but enough is enough. Don't ever talk to me like that again. You are making me feel mm-hmm. uncomfortable. Please stop. Good for you. And fuck, I felt good. Mm-hmm. But I was mm-hmm. so scared to do that because I didn't want to yeah. hurt this person's feelings. But they crossed yeah. a freaking boundary. How dare yeah. you? How dare mm-hmm. you do that? Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's good job. I, I really felt like I was standing in my power. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but I, it's, it's tough because I do recognize that sometimes it's not safe to do that. Mm-hmm. But I yeah. would encourage people to question their internal dialogue. Are they just feeling it's unsafe because it's something they're not used to doing or is it mm-hmm. truly unsafe? Yeah, right. And, like, I think that, well, one, way to go. Mm. Way to go, sister. Good job. Because um, I've been in those situations, too, where I'm like, dude, you're flirting is, like, one, barking up the wrong tree. <laughs> Two, um, so not happening. Mm-hmm. So stop. Stop. You know, and if you have to repeat stop, not okay. Not well, even if you have to say it, I guess on the front end, not great, but you know what I mean. Um, now some people just don't really understand boundaries or the innuendos, or that's their sense of humor or something. But at the end of the day, it's your sovereignty, it's how you show up for yourself, and you did great. And even if it took you a few weeks and then you stood up for yourself, bravo. You know, I mean, that's fine, that's fine because you did in the Mm -hmm. end, you did. And even for those, and I think too, there's conditioning as women to people please and just to take it. Like, mm. let's look at harassment over the last gajillion millennia, right? Oh, um, yeah. And and things like that, because we've been second class citizens, property, however you are, you know, like lesser in some people's view. So bravo for standing up in your sovereignty and your autonomy. It did feel good. Set the boundary mm-hmm. and guess what? They haven't messaged me again. <laughs> Good, good, good. Yeah, I'd block them. I don't know if you did, but like yeah. you could you could block them too if yeah. you want. But you yeah. know, I remember somebody dropped into my LinkedIn and put X's and O's in my DMs, like literally after, right after connecting. I'm like, uh no. 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 Mm-mm. Nope. Not happening. And this is another thing I want to bring up. There's another podcast I listen to um mm-hmm. called We Can Do Hard Things. Mm. And something they've been talking about recently is just because other people think it's okay doesn't mean it's okay for you. You don't need the same opinion or belief as other people. If you have a problem with it, mm-hmm. stand up for yourself because you mm-hmm. deserve 
you deserve to be treated, you know, in a way that feels right to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, and I think, like, you make me think of something, Rosie. So especially these days where people have different opinions, different views, at least in the States, there's a lot of tension um, over the last number of years uh, for varying <laughs> reasons. And, um, you know, so so the uh, temperature gauge is rising. Mercury mm. is rising, right? So one thing I've recognized, too, is that it is important to – like we've discussed, be true to ourselves, maybe just show who we are on the front end. And if they don't like it, they don't like it. Let relationships fade that need to fade. And when we have a difference of opinion with others, like, oh God, depending upon your ethos, like in social work or counseling or, you know, services or teaching or whatever, like maybe we're all said, we'll meet them where, meet them where they're at. Okay, fair. Not, not, but that might be more like that client relationship, right? Mm. But when it's our friends, when it's our family, right? It's, we have to stay true to who we are. So I want to, you know, just do a little vote for be your own interventionist. Mm. So some people you don't want to confront face to face for safety reasons. Mm flat out. Mm -hmm. I, you know, um, I'm not all in the, like, you need to be in their face and, and anything like that. I, I don't believe in that because not all situations are safe psychologically, physically, whatever. So like, if there's a way to be your own interventionist where you even can leave a room or in your case, you left a conversation, you put the boundary down, you, you're, that's it. End of story. Not going to happen again. So I just wanted to put a little plug in there for, making those choices that are best for us the way we need to do them. For those of us who might be more quiet, we're not going to get in someone's face and yell, right? So how can we how can we do those boundaries? Do those boundaries with people where we see differently and take care of ourselves in that process and also let them know here's the line. Does that make sense? It does. You made me think of that. Mm. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Another thing I want to add, I could talk about this for hours. Honestly, boundaries mm -hmm. are just huge and it, it's been yeah. a game changer for me. But something, and again, it's in the book I've been reading, you know, something, it's funny, but something I've been struggling with is even knowing what my boundary is and figuring that out. Mm. And the author of this book said, well, when you get angry, often that's a sign that a boundary has been crossed. Mm -hmm. I went, I hmm. that. well, yeah, that's kind of like, oh, duh. <laughs> like an electric wire or something. You're like, oh, there it is. But Found you know it. when you react to something and there's just this fire mm. and anger and you just, it yep. almost seems illogical, that's often a sign a boundary is being crossed. So I think that's a good time to, to take stock. And one other thing I want to say is because of that anger, it is easy to, I guess, be disrespectful. I don't know if that's the word, but not caring in how we set that boundary. So I think it's mm -hmm. good practice to try and do it with care. Even if that person has wronged you, mm -hmm. there's a role you've played because it's a sign that you didn't set that boundary. It could also be a sign they're just an absolute asshole. <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, there are two sides and I think we owe it to ourselves to take accountability and go, okay, how do I want to show up in the world? 
Mm. I don't want to start getting in their face and putting them down. I just want to go, you crossed a boundary. Don't do that. And then follow through. You could say, look, if you ever do that again, I don't want you in my life, for example, Mm -hmm. and follow Mm -hmm. through with that. You owe it to yourself and you owe it to them. Yeah, it's just so important. Mm -hmm. Boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. (laughs) Can I ask a question? Yes, please. I'm curious what you're going to say. So how do you hold a boundary with somebody when somebody that's near and dear to that somebody does not hold boundaries with them. Mm. <sighs> just curious. <laughs> yeah, how do you? Because it's hard. That? It I is just, hard. I, know, I would love. I think all of us listening would be curious to know that. I don't know. If and I, we're not good at it. Either. Yeah, I don't know if I have an answer because it is. It is harder work, right? It's almost like mm-hmm. that other person is undermining your boundary. But this is where you really need to stand in your power. And practice maintaining that boundary. Just because another person doesn't have that boundary doesn't mean you shouldn't. So keep mm-hmm. reminding yourself. I think that's the biggest thing of why you're maintaining it. But mm-hmm. if the situation continues and it's actually impacting your physical health, your mental health, it's time to question whether that person should be in your life. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean you don't love them or care from that for them. Sometimes we need to make those tough calls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like one thing is to spin off of that. Also be proud of yourself for creating your own boundary, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Even if others won't maintain it or they only do it half the time or they kind of flub it, you know, um, but I think like it's really essential to say, okay, this boundary, my boundaries in my control. Other folks' boundaries are not in their control, right? You know, and and I think it also takes another added level of self-care or, you know, however you want to coin the phrase, um, when dealing with boundary breakers. And it's not like a universal boundary line that's kept, right, by everyone involved. So I just, I wanted to get your take on it because, you know, it's like, well, and you, you speak to this too, Rosie, or our values. Mm. What do you value? Mm-hmm. Is that Yahoo who keeps busting a boundary worth it? Absolutely not. Is it something you have, you know, can you give up through different means? Maybe, but is that what you value, right? So it's just like, and, and it's okay if that changes. Right. And it's okay if that, like, that truth is really, really hard or somewhere in between, you know? So yeah, I think it's it's interesting, like boundary and boundary less, you know, or mm. wishy washy boundaries, right? Because you know? yeah. sometimes they're still getting set, you know. It takes like some concrete figuring out. <laughs> yeah, it is a bit like concrete, and I'm glad you brought that up because if people aren't used to others setting boundaries with them, I can guarantee they're going to test your boundary. They will Absolutely. test you. Poking the bear. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. It's just yeah. like this human nature thing. We can't freaking yes. help it. You're like, oh, do you mean it? Do you really mean it? I know. Like, let me let me check that out. Yeah. And then and then they retreat and go, but it wasn't my fault. <laughs> you're like, oh my God. <laughs> Come on, human. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. It, it can and take that's time. why boundaries are hard. Mm. Boundaries are hard. And you know, sometimes they look like Swiss cheese. <laughs> right? And you think you're doing a really damn fine job. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> and you are. I think that's the other thing is like, you know, when you get triggered, when people are just acting bananas, but yet you have to keep them in your life for varying reasons or something. Um, it, it's like, how can we take care of ourselves, hold our own boundaries, hold our own values in place? And also biggest thing too is like, do we take their bullshit personally or not? Mm. And if we take it personally, why are we taking it personally? What did they trigger within us, right? And then one thing, oh man, let me see if I have it. Um, There is this book, Loving What Is. Mm -hmm. Oops, it's reversed on the camera. So Loving What Is by Byron Katie. And I just want to bring this up because it's maybe relatable to boundaries or everything we've been talking about. Mm. But the long short of it is asking the question, is this true? You dig into something a little deeper. Is this true? And yeah, sometimes our ego says, well, that's totally true. What are you talking about? (laughs) But maybe maybe something is or isn't. Or somebody's boundaryless. Yeah, that's true. That's absolutely true. So then how are we going to deal with that? Is that true to you? How you you know yada yada yada. So I just wanted to bring that book up because it's been incredibly helpful, um, you know, when trying to navigate different relationships and situations in life. Thank you so. for the recommendation. Mm-hmm. I'll put that in the description too. There's going to be a lot of resources yeah. in this episode. Yeah. But I think, like, that's one of the things I love to do is just learn from other people. Like, you're mm-hmm. not by yourself on this journey. It's hard right. enough to get through it. Why do it by yourself? Don't be so right. damn stubborn. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we totally we true. both understand that one, right? <laughs> yeah, that's why we reach out to each other a lot, <laughs> and then we can all we can say to each other, "What? Just stop being a little stubborn. Just go for it." <laughs> yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Freya is doing something in the living room and making a lot of noise, so I hope the window treatment's okay. <laughs> When I walk out there, oh, it's all good. Oh my oh, goodness, Freya. puppies! I might hey. just have to give you a photo for the notes or something. Yeah, or please if anyone do. wants to follow, yeah, follow me on LinkedIn. You can have some dogs on LinkedIn, <laughs> Freya, um, and Tilly stuff, right? You know, oh, so yeah. Yes, my puppy Tilly. She's been doing very well, actually. So I'm. Well, I'm she proud needs of to tell her. Freya the same. <laughs> Get your shit together. <laughs> I know. And they're about the same age too. Way big size difference. That's okay. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And I mean, having having pets or, you know, puppies in particular is a huge lesson in setting boundaries. Holy <laughs> shit. I know. If, oh, yeah. And if you totally don't true. follow through with that boundaries, man, are they going to take mm-hmm. advantage of you? Oh, man. Well, you know, what's funny. Okay, I'll say this real quick. And then you can ask your questions. But like, so Freya, the last two or three days has literally been unstuffing the dog bed because it has this one little hole in it Mm -hmm. that she did. Mm -hmm. Right. And so she's been unstuffing and stuffing everywhere throughout the living room. Honestly, this sounds really bad, Rosie, and nobody report me, but I um, stacked the the dog beds just outside my office door. So my elder dog, Lilu, she's been enjoying those dump stacked beds. (laughs) And Freya, she's like, gives me a sad mastiff face like, mommy. And I'm like... You you keep on stuffing them. So I think today she's learned, okay, maybe I won't do that, at least for a couple days, and uh, at least till we can, you know, repair the patch. But, um, oh, yeah, dogs teach you boundaries all the time, all the time. Two more things I want to cover. You touched on values. Tell me, what are your core values? Do you have core values? 
Mm, I do have core values and I'm actually trying to think of my marketing kit because they're on there a little bit. Um, but you know, I think like the top ones I can think of, friend, um, learner. Mm. It's not only a strengths quest strength of mine, but I can look throughout my life and say, oh yeah, that was something. Continuing to learn and grow. Um, wisdom, mm. uh, connecting or connection. Um, whether it's like data or stories or people, mm-hmm. you know, and bringing it together. Um, I love um, inspiring or influencing and not some like celebrity thing, but just like for especially women, you know, who are like, oh, but I don't know if I'm capable. I'm like, hell yeah, you're capable. Let's do this. You know, now that means I'm not really good at details <laughs> or spreadsheets, as you know, <laughs> right? The down to earth things, but um, but like that high level big picture daydreaming. Yeah. I'd say those are my values overall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to condense it down, isn't it? It's it It's is. been a journey for me. And one thing I would say is if you're struggling with identifying your values, I think a useful way to approach it is think, when am I at my best? Mm-hmm. When do I feel most alive? When do I feel most aligned? And that Mm -hmm. will point you in the right direction. Mm -hmm. And don't be too hard on yourself because you might be thinking about things and and remember or recognize behaviors that aren't aligned with your values. We all do that. Yep. That doesn't mean it's a value of yours. Okay. So remember that. That's why we're thinking about when are we at our best? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And that, that points you in the right direction. But mm-hmm. I really, I just think trying to get clearer on your values mm-hmm. helps you become aware of what is most important to you. Mm-hmm. They're the guardrails, right? Like right. we talked about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. And it helps you navigate, navigate those big decisions in life. Mm-hmm. It makes it a lot simpler because you go, well, hey, for example, my family is really important to me. I'm not going to take that job. It's the promotion that I've kind of always wanted. It's great pay, da, da, da. But the cost of that is we'll probably do a whole episode mm-hmm. on that because, yeah, it's mm-hmm. just oh, it's just so important. Now to wrap up, the podcast, of course, is called The Pursuit of Freedom. Yeah. And I want to know what does freedom mean to you? Mm. I would say that freedom to me is – Having the time, mm. the resources, mm. the space to do what I absolutely love to do. And honestly, that does include working. Like I don't, even if I was a billionaire by now, I'd still work. Um, not as much. <laughs> I'd look back a little <laughs> bit, maybe take a vacation. But, you know, it, it would involve working. It would involve my hobbies. It would involve my garden, you know, or creative aspects. It might maybe a little bit of traveling or, you know, like buying some really cool food and trying to cook with it or, or something like that. Um, and so freedom to me is like having the time, energy, place to just have less stress. And... For me, my highest, biggest stressors, like many of us, you know, is like literally physical stress, like of the go, 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 Um, trying to take care of my body friend better so I don't pass out again. Um, But it's also financial freedom. 
and freedom of time. And I'm really trying to play with that work smarter, not harder kind of advice that we all get, but we all try to do. Um, and so freedom, I think that's, that really would be it. Like even just financial wealth. I don't want to be the business. I don't want to be the next Bezos. I don't give a shit about, you know, being so wealthy. It's like, it, it's bananas. You, you, I mean, but what I would love is FSW to continue to grow and expand. So the wealth grows, not just in helping women, but then I can pay it forward. You know, some other company started by a woman or a queer person, they need seed funding. Great. Here's your check, right? A local library needs books for kids. Here's your check. And so it's like not really philanthropy, like with social injustice and inequality, which has been a part of that, but it's really showing up for people. So it's like, I guess, showing up for myself, showing up for others without limitations, without stress or less stress, we'll say. So yeah, I think to me, that is freedom. You know, like truly, and you've been trying to help me with this for months, ending my work day at one, like really trying. Boundaries. And then going and work boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then going and working in my garden right. w without a pressure other than, oh, I'd like dinner at five. Great. You know, I mean, that to me, it was just like, that would be, that would be freedom. Mm, that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing mm -hmm. that. Thank you. Before we sign out, is there mm -hmm. a final message you'd like to leave with people? Mm. I'm not trying to be doom and gloom, and you can edit this out, Rosie. <laughs> but one thing I would say is you and I and the listeners, we will probably, we'll say probably, never find freedom in others. We will find freedom within ourselves, within our journey in this life. We're going to find freedom in our wisdom, in our strengths. Yeah, our lessons too. But we will find freedom in the way that works for us. This whole world is based on a cookie cutter. Well, like I said in this recent thing, some of us are fucking bagels or mangoes or croissants or Oreo cookies or a pineapple. Like, you know, like that's it. Yes, we have to be in these systems still because they exist for now. But your freedom is within yourself. It's not per se in the job, the paycheck, what people tell you you have to do. Those are nice. Trust me, those are nice. We got to pay our bills. But when we sit down together with the sun right now, like I'm looking, or the trees, or our beautiful beloved friends, or fur babies, what is freedom? Ask that question and look within, not without. That's the takeaway. Mm. And on that nation, I'm feeling invigorated and ready to start my day here. You know, it's getting later in the day for you. So I'm feeling I'm feeling great. So thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. You, you are such a boost, Rosie. And I am so grateful for this conversation and for the listeners tuning into this and knowing that your wisdom, our wisdom, others' wisdom is just out there on the, the ether webs and the waves and it will make a difference. It will. So thank you. 
If this episode resonated with you at all, could I please ask that you share it with a friend who you think could get value from it? And whilst you're doing that, make sure you follow and subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss another episode. And whilst you're following or subscribing, please leave us um, a rating, preferably five stars, and also a written review. Doing each of these things is going to help this podcast reach more people and impact more lives, which is at the end of the day is what we're here to do. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Remember, you matter, you're worth it, and you are so, so capable. Take care of yourself.